You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Good morning, traders. Are you guys ready to get your morning started with none other than, of course, Joel Alconin, Dennis Dick, and I'm your host here, Money Mitch. Let's go ahead. We got a great show for you guys. Of course, we'll touch on the interest rate hike from the Fed here, the FOMC meeting. Uh, we'll also talk about the Swiss bank here with a surprise half point rate hike. Stick around to hear more about that. Matthew Tuttle, the chief executive officer and chief investment officer, will be joining us from Tuttle Capital Management. We'll talk a little bit about, you know, of course, some Sark action. And I got I got some questions from Matthew on Sogu. If you don't know what Sogu is, you might want to look that up. But we'll talk a little bit about that with Matthew Tuttle. We got weekless jobless claims, Revlon filing Chapter 11 bankruptcy, earnings on out there from Kroger's. Let's go ahead. Let's dive right into the show. And like always, guys, do us a favor. Start us up with a like button and hit the subscribe below if this is your first time here on Pre-Market Prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. How we doing, traders? Let's go ahead. Let's dive right on in. There's a lot going on out there, but uh, it's a tough uh, futures market. Let's go ahead. Let's bring in Joel Alconin and his charts, of course, Ugh. and Dennis Dick in the back. Let's do it. Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna be optimistic, man. We're rallying oh God, here. Give, give me reasons. Give me reasons, please. <laughs> I want to hear some optimism, Joel. <laughs> I, I'm digging, man. I'm digging here. Uh, big old reversal, just like the, the last meeting. I'm not even going to talk about the pre-market high. New low for the move, 36.95, and we're just trying to crawl back to yesterday's low. Crude taking a hit, too, down a 4.17, a 111.14. I do have a little green on my screen. That's gold up 430, 18.23.90. We'll see how long that lasts. Silver in the red by a couple pennies, 21.40. Uh, Bitcoin uh, hanging out here uh, at 21,110, down 515. Ethereum futures, they're down 53 at 11.17.50. And, uh, I don't know if you want to blame it on the Swiss bank. Uh, I guess we've got a lot of different things going on, but that surprise half point rate hike in the middle of the night, man, that on top of the three quarters hike by the Fed yesterday, there's other places to put your money, Dennis, instead of the stock market. Yeah. Um, right. I, th Which one do we want the... to get into first? Which one we want to touch first? The, yeah, the... jumping right into the Swiss. Because let's do this the Swiss is... first? Yeah. Right, yeah. Let's do the Swiss. Let's do it. Um, so the Swiss bank here, National Bank overnight raising rates for the first time in 15 years. Swiss National Bank hike rate uh, half a point here. The Swiss bank also raised its policy interest rate 
uh, and joining other central banks in tightening monetary policy to fight the resurgence in inflation and sending the safe haven franc sharply higher. The central bank increased its policy rank uh, to to uh, minus 25% from a minus 75% level that has deployed since 2015. The hike was the first increase since September uh, 2007. So... And the market was holding up the futures when I traded from four to eight. We were stronger, holding up well. Show the chart of those futures, Joel, the yep. S&P futures. Um, and, you know, when this happened overnight, this they just pulled the rug out from underneath the market. And they started selling, and they never stopped selling pretty much all night here. Um, incredible that we were up at 38.30 here overnight. And we fell 100, basically 130 handles from the high, Joel. Is that right? We fell 130 uh, handles actually, from the high overnight. 148. 148 Whoa. handles from the high. Yeah. After the fact, after the Fed. I mean, this is the market Ouch. where you got to take the money and run. When you get a pop yesterday off the Fed, you got to take the chips off we, the table. It's we got to start a song be, like that, Dennis. Take the money and run. I mean, that is. That, yeah, exactly. Steve Miller Band. I mean, we've got to start following the Steve Miller Band. It's been the Tom Petty market for a while, but follow the Steve Miller Band. You get the pop in your stock. You take the money and run because eventually the market just takes it away from you. I mean, this is going for all stocks that seem to get pops, even on earnings. Eventually, they just give it back. And I mean, it's disappointing to say that. You want to say like, oh, there's going to be, you know, no, it's one of these is going to hold. But I mean, look at Oracle two days ago. Oracle. Yeah. Nice pop, 63, 76, all the way up to 72. Now you're at 68. And you start thinking, okay, well, now we're giving a half of it back. When's FedEx going to do it? You know, yeah, FedEx, just, hell of a day. Crazy move, crazy two-day move. But you just start thinking, well, is it going to start giving it back? Probably. So, I mean, this is the market where you got to take the money and run. And it's a tough, tough investing environment. I wish I was 100% cash. If you are 100% cash, congratulations. You're a genius. Um, like I said, I've been you know, 42, 45% cash bouncing around in the forties. It's not enough because the stock, my portfolio, long-term portfolio continues to get hit hard. Shocking, you know, that it can get hit that hard with that much cash, but it is. And that's because the stocks are really getting hit. So I think we need to stop thinking about where the bottom is and start selling, you know, selling into rallies. If you're too much invested to raise cash, because I don't think the bottom is coming anytime soon. What about Craig Johnson when he came on? Remember, we were just kind of hanging up there, and he, you know, he overall bullish, you know, projection. But you know, I, I thought he said thirty six hundred, and then uh, you know, he was thirty eight. They say thirty eight. Was it thirty eight? I can't remember. Craig uh, is good, man. Craig's been one of the ones that have called everything well, so it's hard to fade Craig. But I don't, you know, he's saying we could hit all time highs by the end of the year. Yeah. I uh, just disagree with Craig on that. I think you could see the 3,800, the 3,600. I think you could see 3,400, 3,200 too. Um, it's hard to imagine the scenario where we go back to all-time highs. Unless we just get the inflation in check and then they start lowering rates back down and all of a sudden, you know, the party's back on. But the, with the free money party over, and this is the big difference, you know, investors, traders that started in the last 10 years haven't been through all this. This has been a free mar free money market here. Since the financial crisis, and even longer than that, really. But, I mean, the free money party is over. So how many companies are reliant on cheap capital to survive or cheap capital to grow and are going to struggle to get that capital? Mitch is saying that's that's the concern. We, get, <laughs> we can move into right Revlon there. here overnight. We get one bankruptcy, REV officially declaring Chapter 11 here, Mitch. Yep. Um, how many more? I'm asking you, Mitch. You were saying yesterday on the show you think there's a lot more to come. I agree yeah. with you. Yeah, I mean, I think this is just the beginning. And one of the things that you got to really start seeing and you can start taking a look at the financials is how long can that cash survive before they need to start raising more, right? And um, when you go to raise more, how, what, what valuations are going to be able to raise it? Um, so definitely that's what I think the next thing that we need to start watching, even even like higher companies, right? Um, they're they're going to start trying to probably raise at at lower valuations that could put some debt ceilings on them. Um, so just as something to keep on watch. I mean, it's just something to think about. Like we, we, and it's natural human tendency to look where a stock was and say, well, I'm buying it here. Eventually it's going to get back there and look at that money that I'm going to make when it gets back there. But mm -hmm. we're not in Kansas anymore. We're not in a free market money environment anymore. And stuff is getting ugly. 
I mean, it's just, but we're early yet. That's why, you know, like you think, oh yeah, people are still doing stuff. It's big. We're not going to go into recession. Do you know how early it is? We only raised rates two months. When did we start raising rates? Two months ago? People haven't been hit yet. Their variable's up for a month or two. So they start, you know, first thing you do, yeah, well, you leave a little bit more on your credit card. Credit card debt starts to go up. We've started to see that. You know, the next thing you do is if there's any personal lines, you use that. Then you start selling the toys, you know, and eventually then you start stopping doing stuff. And that's what's going to eventually happen if they have to keep rates up for the foreseeable future. If they can get inflation in check and get the rates, you know, stop going up and eventually start to come back down, then maybe the party can continue. But I just don't see that happening. Inflation is sticky here right now. It's going to be hard to get it back in check. And that's why it's hard to just jump in and say, oh, yeah, this is the bottom. Let's buy stocks. I'm looking at this market environment from a completely different perspective, that there is a lot of risk in this market. And I'm not sure I want to take on all this risk. Well, first, we got to get rates to stop going up, right? It just plateau. So, yes. yeah, I mean, for you know, for them to be uh, be going down, uh, I don't think that's going to be happening for a while. Um, also, what you got to have in, in the back of your mind, too, is, uh, you know, we're coming up on a, another earnings season here in the middle of July. And we've already have been told by Microsoft, we've already been told who else was another company that, hey, Things are not going to be so peachy keen. That's just a couple companies out from the dollar effect. So coming into an earnings season with already lowered expectations, um, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's hard. It's hard to see, you know, just like, a you know, just boom, hitting a, a magic number and just turn it around. On a day like today, you know, yeah, you could say capitulation. You could say, you know, you say what you want, but... Until this market, we got to calm down. And I didn't even like that price action yesterday. You know, just to take off on that, just think of the absurdity of that. They they raised rates three quarters of a point, and and they and they rally the market like that. I mean, like and they say they're going to raise three quarters next meeting, yeah. maybe. It, everything's perfect because they're raising rates. It just it makes it makes absolute no sense. And then. With the Swiss, the Swiss are fighting back, right? You know, they, I, we, I showed you the chart of the Swiss franc there. They have to, def, they have to, def, you know, they're defending their currency and, you know, all the other troubles with their well, Everybody's fighting the same fight, Joel. There's yeah. just inflation everywhere. This isn't an, a U.S. problem. This isn't a North America problem. problem. This is a mm -hmm. world problem. Exactly. We're fighting inflation everywhere. Japan's just, you know, they're just stuck their head in the sand and they're not looking at it. But, I mean... You know, Europe is now realizing, yeah, okay, we have an inflation problem. We got to start jacking up rates. What is the repercussions, though? Just stop and like analyze the repercussions from sustained rate increases. Everybody's on debt. Everybody will have less money to spend. You know, we were, you know, saying yesterday with that, the, the banks, the way they continue to go down, you would think logically, you know, if the rates are going up, the banks are going to be making more money. That might be true in the short term, but if they start getting jingle mail, where if rates have to stay up, and don't kid yourself, if rates stay up for you know a while, people will start losing their homes. So mm -hmm. there's a very fine line here between getting rid of the inflation and then getting the rates back down before people really start to get strapped for cash. And exactly. we're already starting to see it. Like talking to my real estate buddy there last night, he had another deal fall apart on him last night. And he's like, it is a mess out there. In Ontario, housing prices dropped 22% since the high now again a little bit disingenuous of me to say that because they went up so much so much so yeah, much like that 22 percent fall but still 22 percent the average median house price has fallen since you know the high in february which yeah, is crazy to think about that's a serious sell-off you know and, and and or serious you know fall on housing prices hmm. people were buying houses unconditionally because they had to and now they're like having deals fall apart and you're seeing like, you know, different things happen where oh, I bought the house unconditionally, but the person who was buying my house had a condition. Now all of a sudden that falls apart and it starts to snowball. So the real estate's a mess right now, at least in Ontario. And I don't believe this is just an Ontario problem. As rates continue to go up, people afford less houses. This will equal obviously some, maybe some defaults on some payments. It, people don't lose their houses in two months. They lose their houses after you default on your payment, you know, for a, for a, for a while. So yeah. this isn't. I'm not saying this is you know imminent. I'm not saying this is happening now. But this is not off the table. So it's not off the table. We could go into a housing crisis here. So we've got to analyze all that and say, how the hell are we getting back to all time highs? 
I can't well, see the I formula did. to get us there. And that's when I hear Craig Johnson. I love Craig. He's been right, but I completely disagree that we're going to be back at all-time highs by the end of the year. Maybe I'm going to be wrong, but I'm on the opposite side of that trade. All right. I want to drop some numbers here for us here. So the Fed raising, of course, the bench interest rate three quarters of a point, but there's a lot more here. Um, so this marks the greatest rate uh, increase in 28 years. It brings the benchmark fund rate uh, from a range of 1.5 to 1.75. According to the dot plot by individual members expectation, the Fed benchmark uh, will end the year at 3.4. Um, if and so uh, officials also significantly cutting their outlook for 2022 economic growth, now anticipating 1.7% gain in GDP down from 2.8 from March. So that's a pretty significant change there in the outlook. Uh, inflation projections also by personal consumption expenditures all rose to 5.2 uh, this year from 4.3. Uh, though core inflation, which excludes, of course, where we're seeing a lot of our inflation right now, rapidly rising food and energy costs indicated 4.3. This was just up 0.2 percentage points from the previous projection. Um, so th there was a little bit of relief there in the core number. Uh, but definitely, if we're going to get uh, inflation on its way down to 2% and unemployment to 4.1, that's still a historical low level. 3.6 is historical low in the last century, Powell said. Um, so at a 4.1 unemployment rate with inflation well on its way to 2%, I think that would be a successful outcome. And these were comments by Powell. He said that we're not trying to induce a recession now. So let's be clear about that. He's trying to get a soft landing. I just don't think the formula is there to get it. And I think everybody can add that up and say, look. You've got everybody strapped with a hell of a lot of debt. That debt has obviously, you know, been, you know, cheap rates have, you know, allowed people to accumulate the debt that they have. And now those cheap rates, you're taking them away. So you just got to think first, yeah, you get some demand destruction, but fine line to get the demand destruction to bring the prices down and then not have people, you know, just stop doing stuff. So, I mean, I think a recession is imminent. I don't think it's a question of if, it's just a question of how long it takes. Um, so. Dennis. So um, I wanted to kind of mention a little bit more about that unemployment. So he's saying that unemployment might jump to 4.1, and that's not that bad of a measure. Do you think that they can have that soft landing there at the 4.1? Well, if you're just talking, you know, not rise? talking, if you're just talking a labor issue, is it possible? I don't know. I'm not an economist. So yeah. it's hard for me to say whether we can be, you know, keep those figures down there. But I just see the good times that we've been experiencing you know, for the last two, three, five years, it's a different environment. It's a different animal we're dealing with. People will go back to 2018 and say, well, we had a rising interest rate environment in 2018, you know, and we got through that and then we just started blasting off to new highs. This is what the argument is. The difference was we didn't have inflation in 2018. We had very little inflation. We have a major problem right now. We can see it all around us. They've got to attack it. And the Fed has always had the markets back. What happened in 2018, markets started going down, Fed starts backing off. Backed off, yeah. Backed yeah. off. That's why we came back. So the Fed can't back off this time, Mitch. This is like, I think mm -hmm. the problem is the Fed is actually not backing off. The Fed is looking against this market. And that's scary. We've always been long stock saying, well, we got the Fed put. If the market goes down too much, the Fed, you know, will, you know, come in here, lower rates or do something or print more money to, you know, keep the market's party going. That's not here anymore. And that's the main reason we haven't talked crypto. But, you know, one of the main reasons you're probably seeing the crypto sell off as well is there's been the argument, you know, and we've never really given this argument on the show, but there's been the argument that, you know, we're printing money. The whole world's printing money. Well, the printing press slowed down a little bit here. So that gets everybody thinking, oh, I was in crypto because they're inflating everything. Well, all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're, they're trying it, yeah. to go the other way here. Mm -hmm. So I think a little bit of this crypto sell-off has to do with that as well. But I mean, crypto is a risk asset. We know, obviously, it's not you know simple just to say, you know, that it, it, the stuff all moves together. You know, Bitcoin became a risk asset. It wasn't five years ago or three years ago. It became when, it, when the masses got in. So it's a risk asset. It's going to move around with, you know, rates. But. I mean, or with, you know, with the, with the overall stock market, but it's difficult to just look at this market and say, oh yeah, we're going to get through this like 2018 and eventually, you know, in a, a year from now, we'll be back at all time highs. I don't know if I see it. I think this is going to be longer. It's a tough environment. I mean, there, there, what uh, I think has 
a lot of investors concerned right now is that there's some problems out there that, that like the Fed can't fix, right? I mean, they, they can go after the inflation, but they can't they can't fix the war in Ukraine, right? They can't, you know, what what can they do to control? I mean, they can dampen the economy to, uh, you know, to suppress oil prices. Oil prices have had a nice pullback, but yeah. it's you know, there's it, it's just a macro environment that yeah, I mean, if it you know, if there wasn't the war. You know, if we didn't have the the oil concerns, if we didn't have competing, you know, the European economies, you know, having high inflation too. It's just like it's the perfect storm. I mean, there's so many things going on. You know, yeah, they could raise interest rates, but there there are things that are just out of his control, and I think that that is really is what uh, is what rattles investors the most. And, oh, a um, lot of this is out of their control. Yeah, I mean, they can control the short term rates, but you know, they don't control That's, the long yep. end. The long end is pricing it all in for them. So, you know, obviously the bond market's done a lot of the work for the Fed. Um, so, you know, that's one good thing. But, you know, at a certain point in time, the wealth effect will come into play too. And that will help the Fed as well. I mean, the stock market continues to get weak enough. That will <laughs> equal demand destruction as well without even raising rates. So, you know, if we started talking about 3,200 S&P, is the Fed as aggressive on the rate rises? Probably not. Because, you know, and all of a sudden, do we get a Fed put back at a certain point in time? Where, you know, wealth effect comes down enough. Let's just say, you know, this is scenario analysis. I'm not saying it's going to 3,200 or 3,000. I'm not, you know, full on. I'd be 100% cash if I thought we were going to fall another 20% from here. Um, I don't know. And nobody knows anything. But it's a possibility. But if we were to get down there, let's say we give back the entire COVID gain on the S&P, which is reasonable. That would put us 32, 3,300. And they're saying Craig Johnson's price target was 3,500. So 3,500, 3,300 would probably be where we started when we were COVID, before the COVID thing happened. Lots of stocks give back their COVID gains. So another 40 S&P points, 10% down from here sounds reasonable to me. Um, if we got started to get really ugly, though, and let's say we started to get down like S&P 3,000, I think the Fed changes their tune. Because then the wealth effect starts to be like, oh. You know, we're, we've got serious wealth loss here. That's going to equal demand destruction. So we don't have to raise rates as aggressively. So at a certain point in time, we probably will regain the Fed put. But right now we don't have it. And that's why I think we're going to see, I think we got at least at least down to 3,500 and, you know, maybe even to 3,200. And then it starts to reevaluate. So hard for me to just get bullish stocks. Let's go in here right now when we're no. still going down every day. We're still catching people that are trying to buy the dip. And those people are getting, you know, hurt every single day they're doing it. Uh, and uh, I just pulled up the cash there, the monthly cash uh, index. And I've, I put this in a while ago and I didn't fathom, you know, and I took it off and, you know, couldn't fathom. I mean, you get back half of that COVID move and you're, you're talking about 3,500 in the S&P. And uh, you've already had some stocks, you know, go back down uh to the to the COVID. i mean amazon got near there a couple other stocks got near their their COVID lows to see the the overall market do that um and I, I, whether you have the cash chart up here or i could put the futures should I, i'm hoping that we're gonna we're gonna do one of these right here you know at least pause right and here we had the pause in the action we had the several days of a trading range consolidation Interle in interestingly they took it down the day before the cpi number i don't know if there was a little leakage or whatever uh but they took it down you got the cpi number you can, we all know what happened on monday tuesday and lower low so what i'm hoping for is you know at least a you know three four days of consolidation here and then maybe poke your head up. It's just a long way to go to get to the. We got a hundred points to go to get back to the highs from Tuesday and Wednesday. And I'm, I can uh, be pretty confident to say that that <laughs> that's going to be a bag holders all the way up. Yeah, there. so they, many they bag holders. I like what you did man. in the bottom right hand chart, Joel. The third, the fifty percent retracement of the whole entire move from the COVID bottom to obviously you know the inflated you know top that we had there. And that brings you right to the Craig Johnson number, too, because everybody in the chat is saying he said 3,500. Craig's awesome. I love Craig. Um, so that brings you right back to that 35. Is that 3,500 I'm seeing there? Yeah. Yeah, my, that's my, cash. My, I, I just get old, Joy. I look at it, like, close on my vision. I, I there, put but. the cash up there because the futures roll. But, yeah. you know, and we had this debate a while ago, Dennis, and I'm like, and you were like, well, this is kind of like an artificial low. Right, like because of the COVID, and then and then you know, obviously, we know this is a, an artificial high up here, 
right? And so the market is just, it's coming back to equilibrium. And the monthlies, I mean, there are some monthly support levels here, but, uh, you know, right now, I mean, right now we're holding down, we're holding yesterday's low. So that, you know, that, that's a good thing. But, um, Mitch, what's your thoughts overall market here too? Because I mean, uh, you know, we, we, I jumped through everybody. So, um, you know, I want you jump to jump in hoops. here too, because you've been right. You've been bearish here for a while. You're calling for more bankruptcies here. I mean, what, what are your thoughts here? How, you know, we're saying 3,500 seems like a likely target here, which is another, you know, 3% down from where we currently are, or 5% down from where we currently are. No, not even. 30. Yeah, I, I have that same level drawn uh, on, on my retracement. I've been drawing that pandemic retracement from the fibs the whole way. I've just been watching that. Um, once we broke through the 380s, yeah, next stop is 350s, at least from the retracement levels, right? Um, now, one of the things that I would say is I'm, I'm actually trying to focus more and more on the market breadth um, and looking for that real like underneath 10% for the SMA 200 to really show us some real giving up of the bulls. Right now we're at 14.5%. So 85.5% of stocks are below the SMA 200. If you look at the SMA 50, 15.5% are in the bullish zone. 84.5% are in the bear zone right now. So I want to see complete, this get into the single digits. If I see nine, eight, that's when I'll think that, okay, now we really uh, just every stock is just completely pushed down. Now we could probably start seeing some sideways action so that we could really get that lift. I'm You're not looking, looking for, for a the capitulation. 100%. That's what I'm looking for. The true capitulation. You know, we've gotten down. I've seen this go to 13%, but I haven't seen it past that level. I think it needs to get into the single digits to really be like, well, I mean. We only got less than 10% of stocks in the bullish zone. That would be for me the the part where I could actually look at the bottom and, and actually call some some bottom action. So so what right. so that was the first topic. It took 27 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> yeah. Let's go on. Let's hit something else here. We're gonna throw it back to you, Money Mitch. Where do you want to go? Okay, all right. So um one thing I I, I would I, and you guys can look this up is and I don't do this often, but I pulled out my economics books. Look up what's called the SAM rule recession indicator. And so what this does is essentially uh, you'll be looking at the jobs numbers to see if we actually start increasing. I think it's an important thing to take a look at, sometimes learning something new. And so what this does is it looks at the three-month moving average of the national unemployment rate. If that rises by 0.5 percentage points or relatively to the previous 12 months, that already indicates that we're heading into a recession. Just wanted to kind of throw out. What is it showing? Do we know what it's showing right now? Okay, so right now we're heading into that increase. We haven't really seen the kind of because there's a three month moving average competing in, against it. So I'm going to keep an eye out on that. I'll, I'll give you guys the numbers later on uh, on stock market movers. If you guys want to go into more of the SAM rule, I'll talk about that with an economical uh, specialist. But just wanted to throw out something to keep an eye out. That's an indicator that economics. And economics uh, experts are looking at it right now. So take it's a look at that. Still saying we're early, though. Yeah, it's still saying we're early. That's why I want to kind of point. So, like, if you if you're looking for ways to find out if we are actually heading towards there, that's an early sign, in purely an economic standard there. Uh, so it's called the Sam Rule Recession Indicator. Check that out. That's how you spell it because I know that people are you not taught me something new here, right? Never got. So, that. Yeah, never yeah. That you, you, we got, a, we got some economists in the chat here. Yeah, I've been like in that. on that. I mean, on it, you know, I mean, they, uh, Paul said that yesterday too. You know, they're gonna, they're gonna have to, you know, tolerate unemployment going up, but still at historically low levels. But you know that, and we're seeing that. I mean, ro- mm-hmm. how many companies? I mean, you see it. Robinhood laid off people, right? Coinbase is uh, laying off people. I mean, it it's there. I mean, you don't you don't have to. I mean, you can look at your economic rule, but it's just it's it's in the news. It's in the tape. You see, I still see a lot of I still see a lot of hiring, and I and, and I'm a little conflicted too about we that. We still have a labor shortage. Yeah, yeah, like the full blown recession here. Uh, I I don't know if you mentioned it, Mitch, or someone else did. Uh, uh Lisa went to get something at, at like the dollar store. And they said we're only open from three to seven because yeah, we don't they, have yeah. Employees. Was it you that mentioned yeah, that? It was yeah, me, because literally. they don't have employees. So 
They had the sign on the door closed because uh, we don't got employees <laughs> to run the store. So that's scary too. Um, yeah. So hey. Yeah. That's just how it goes. Um, in a little bit, we'll be getting into an interview with Matthew Tuttle. So stick around, guys. Smash the like button. I can't wait to get into that. We'll talk a little bit about. You think Sark. I'm bearish? Wait till you hear from Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk to him about Sogu. If you guys don't know what Sogu is, just what stick is around. So- oh yeah. Ah, you see, you see, Dennis, uh, doing a little little talk there. Um, As, uh, yeah. Is this a new? It's a short D spac. Ah, don't this give secrets away, Joel. You gotta put that off there. You, okay, get you that on. We're talking so good about too much. Let's go towards Kroger really quickly. Let's not Kroger. Kroger. So it's moving off of the earnings right oh now. Uh, the earnings EPS here came in at a dollar forty-five, beating the dollar thirty estimate. Sales were at forty-four point six billion, beating the forty-four point two four billion uh, estimate. But you guys can see it. It's actually trading down here. Um, one of the things is it actually it it, it got it right it rises its future it's full year 2022 guidance so it's interesting seeing this downside action right now it raises guidance from 3.7 3.85 billion to 3.85 all the way up to 3.95 billion so a raise on guidance a beat and a beat but still going down here <laughs> beat beat raise down, down. <laughs> welcome to a bear market folks this yeah, is what that... it's all about nobody yeah. cares because it's like one we don't even know if we believe your guidance because we're going to recession. <laughs> and then two is we just don't care. We just sell stocks no matter what. So I don't That's know. Tough. It was up a little bit on the initial report here. I got to sell all spikes. I think this thing got to over $52. So yeah, which, almost. Yeah. yeah, it did, yeah it day, did. A day you're down 75 S&P points. When your stock goes green, you sell it. <laughs> it's kind of, that's a rule for you there too. That's, Page six that's a tough part. one. That's a tough, I don't think, what could else they, could they have done? Literally, what else could they have said? And, and and you think grocery stores do okay in a recession? People still gotta eat, man. So yeah, man. I I kind of like Kroger. I like Kroger down like forty five. So we're forty nine. It gets down to forty five. Maybe it gets more reasonable. This was one that we talked about like thirty two, thirty three dollars last year. When did, I never? When I did, did Warren buy it get it? And then I sold it. Warren's had it for a while. Yeah, yeah he's had it for a while. That, what about Warren, man? Do you see Burke? He, Have you seen Burke in the last like two months? Oh you talk about Kathy getting hit. Warren I know. hit. Even Burke. Warren's I know. getting hit. I know. I know. Even Warren's I... getting hit, man. When Warren it, it can't is... hide, I mean, who's, who's going to be able to hide? A tough market when Berkshire Hathaway falls twenty percent in two months. And I mean, is that right? Three sixty. Yeah, more forty. So you're, you've dropped you know eighty points there. Wow. He's down about yeah. 20 Berkshire Hathaway's down about 25% in the last two and a half months. That's conservative investing right there. Value investing doesn't matter. They come for everything. And that's what we were saying. If it starts to get ugly enough, they come for it all. And everybody that's is crowding true. into Berkshire as it made new all-time highs back in April. And all of a sudden, remember that? We just it was just high. going up every day. Every it day. was just every day. And the and the these tech stocks were getting absolutely pummeled but uh yeah I, well I, maybe this if this is a barometer for the market uh i mean you're coming in at just a ton of monthly support if you if you are so inclined here a bunch of monthly lows and brick b so that that is a little bit of a positive point the other the other positive point here in the market is we are above yesterday's low which is good which is 23 and a quarter um also uh, you know who knows what shenanigans are going to take place tomorrow right dennis uh, a quad witch oh gosh uh, don't even talk about that yeah you know, I, you got an S and P rebalancing. Got the Russell rebalancing the following Friday. We got a recipe for some serious volatility. Yeah, take cover. You, guys. you could have a day oh. like you know today. You know, whatever. Who knows? We Mander is going to be choppy, and then you know they decide to juice them up on the open. And uh, you know, you wake up tomorrow, and we're up forty-five handles. You know, right back. But, oh yeah. You know, to, yeah. I mean, those those guys happen on. Uh, can happen on expiration just go back to the kroger here uh you know this is why when you when you look at these moves like this was a big move right a big move then you have the counter move right the 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 bounce and you know it held it held it held it held but you know when they, when they don't go back up like to the rebound high you gotta be a little bit concerned you got the pop off the actual report 
two numbers, uh, and they coincide. This uh, the second low of the move, forty-seven sixty-six, and you got right to forty-seven twenty-eight uh, in the pre-market. So I, I don't know. I think I don't think you're going to get a look at that pre-market low today if if Mr. Market can hold up. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. So, 835. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's time to go ahead. We got a rally going on, man. Maybe we got a rally. We got a rally. We're going unchanged, Dennis. Let's take a peek. Let's take a peek. 42 stations. Show us that. Sell stocks if it goes on. (laughs) Show us that. Are are we really having a little little bounce? We have a major rally going on, man. Show the S&P. We see Kroger. We're done. All right. Yeah, look at that big rally. Look at that. Look at that. that green. Holy, that's a green. Just don't look left. Wow. You might what see some red. What is complaining about, man? This market's ripping. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead. Let's get into our interview today. We're going to go ahead, and I'm excited. I've been talking to Matthew Tuttle since, you know, early into the SPAC game. Then we brought him on here early. I had him on Money Mitch really early with Sark, and then we brought him on to here. So we've been keeping a watch on a lot of these ETFs from Tuttle Capital Management. Let's go ahead. Let's dive on in. Let's bring on Matthew Tuttle. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Definitely. Always super excited to talk to you, Matthew. Um, I know the guys probably are going to go ahead and want to talk some Sark first. I'll let them go and lead here, and then I'll jump in here. I want to talk a little bit about some DSPAC action. but Sure. All right. What do you, what, what, I'll, I'll let Dennis take lead. I just want to know, Matt, obviously Sark has been rip-roaring. It's been the best ETF out there to have right now, really, as it obviously goes against ARKK. But what are you thinking here? I mean, we've watched ARKK. The collapse has been nothing short of incredible, really. You know, when you think about we started, you know, the year on ARKK at $150, or actually back to 2021, I guess. But, you know, it started this year, uh, November 120. And we've watched it fall 70%. Do you think, you know, this is oversold now, ARKK? Or what are your thoughts here? Or do we still have, you know, a lot of deleveraging still that happen here? And these growth tech stocks are still going to take it on the chin. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so, you know, my, my thinking is short term, yeah, the markets, including ARKK, are extremely oversold. Uh doesn't really mean anything. And, you know, in that perspective, you would have expected a bounce today. And, you know, obviously so far we're we're not getting it. Uh, But we think intermediate term, longer term, we got another down leg to go at least in in this bear market. And, you know, that's not going to be good for, you know, those types of stocks, you know, add in kind of the way that they tend to trade where, you know, they're, they're buying things ahead of earnings and, you know, doubling down and, and, you know, in a bear, you know, in a bull market, great. In a bear market, that just, that's lighter fluid. 
I, I mean, uh, she's obviously, you know, did very well for a number of years here. Obviously, the last two years being hit because, you know, a lot of these, you know, valuations on some of these stocks she were buying maybe were just obviously mispriced. Um, but I mean, she's sticking to her guns. Like she said, you know, yesterday, I don't know if you caught her the day before. Again, she's calling for a bottom in the market once again, and she keeps calling for deflation. I mean, she's been, you know, exact wrong side of this argument here for a long time. The market's been the exact opposite here. So, I mean, if he, she keeps trying to call a bottom, eventually she's going to get it, isn't she? Well, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, you know, you've got a whole bunch of people who come on financial news and continually call the bottom and then one day they get it right and all of a sudden they're a genius. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, she, she, she really has no choice. And, you know, if I was a shareholder in Art K, you know, I'd, I'd want her out there calling a bottom. I wouldn't want her out there saying, you know, hey, wow, you know, we, we got another down leg to go here. I mean, you know, if I'm a shareholder, yeah, I, I, I don't mind her going out and saying, hey, I'm confident and, you know, in all that. If she wasn't confident, that would that would scare me a bit. We're on the line with Matthew Tuttle here, Tuttle Capital Management LLC. And uh, Matt, I, I just I just have to just give you a, a major congratulations here, just because you know you created a new product here. You caught lightning in the bottle, and I, I don't know if people realize like how significant the volume is in uh, in this ETF. I mean, I'm looking at this from you know from uh, from day one. I mean, you were pre- you were trading, you know. You were under fifty thousand shares, and now you're trading a couple million. I just, I think that's just a monumental achievement. I just want to congratulate you on that. Uh, but I just, from the volume patterns, uh, are you are you seeing any, you know, anything significant? Volume is important as well as price. Are you noticing anything, you know, sticking out on the, on the big volume days, whether they're confirming the price action or not? So, just wanted you. Your, your take on that? Yeah, so we we notice a, you know a couple of things. I mean, number one, the volume is has been huge. I mean, you know, we're trading you know three to seven million shares a day. Unbelievable. What yeah. what we're tending to see is you know not a lot of inflows and outflows. So it's kind of a lot of you know one person selling to some person who's buying. We're also, though, on the flows, we tend to see a kind of counter trend. So, you know, we tend to get more inflows on days that, that ARC is doing really well. And, you know, obviously SARC isn't. And then we tend to get the outflows on the day that SARC is up really big. So that that's mm. one thing I've noticed. Um, and, you know, and then also, you know, we launched uh, TARC. A couple of weeks ago, which is 2x long arc. And and we see the same thing there. I mean, that's trading over a million shares a day. And, you know, we tend to see people, you know, day trading that a lot. And we see people kind of putting money in on days that it's down and taking money out on days it's up. Matt, Matt, let's just talk about, you know, why your ETFs have been so successful, because so many uh, people who try to launch ETFs yeah. and they come out there and then there's no volume. There's nothing on them. They don't trade and they just sit there. Why have you found success? Is it because you're going after, you know, the sexy stuff? Like, why do you think, why do you think you've found success? Whether ETF, you know, um, ha- haven't, haven't found as much success. Yeah. So, you know, I, I can, I kind of look at it differently. I come at it from the standpoint of, you know, I'm a trader. And, you know, I go out and, and, and look at it like what, what tools would I want, you know, as, as a trader myself versus I think the way most people try to come up with ETFs. And so, you know, I think that's kind of the biggest reason, you know, so when we came out with SARC, it was really, you know, historically I've used inverse S&P and inverse NASDAQ ETFs to hedge. And, you know, as a hedge, those those kind of suck because you're shorting, you know, the FANG stocks, which, you know, I don't want to do. I'd rather short Zoom and Teladoc and, you know, and Roku, but there was no real easy way for me to do it. So, hell, we'll, we'll, we'll create it. And, you know, so I think that's what's really, you know, led to a lot of the success there. 
Yeah, so um, I have on here on the screen here, I'm putting up all the ETFs that you guys can check on out here, the current strategies. Um, and there's there's a lot here. So definitely, uh, I want the chat, definitely, if you don't get a chance to, you know, catch all the names here and all the information, go ahead and go to the website. I'll make sure it's in the description below so you guys can check out all these ETFs. Um, you know, it, one of the things in, in Sark is that, of course, you know, with ARKK, is there any particular position that kind of is more of uh, on your radar as you're seeing it really kind of deteriorate? So it, it's not one. What, what, what I do find interesting is that Tesla is not number one anymore. Ah, and, and, you know, know. It, if you look at that. What's number one? What, what was that? What's number one? Um, it's look, not Tesla. I didn't know that. No, hold on. I'll get it right quick here. I'll get a holdings. Oh, up it's a race. Us. Matt versus Money Mitch Ooh. to see who can find it faster. I did not dun, know dun, that. Dun. All right. Like so I got Teladocker. I, I got it here. I'll put it up for us here. So the, the holdings here, I have them as Zoom being the top holdings right now. Okay. Um, Zoom so here you guys have it. Uh, Zoom being at 10.8%, Tesla at 9.23, and then Roku slightly behind wow. there at 8.49. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's something that, that stands out to me. And at one point, I think, you know, Teladoc and Roku were ahead of Tesla, you know, probably more market decline that brought them back below. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you look at that portfolio, I mean, you know, and if you said, you know, hey, I put a gun to your head and you got to buy one of those stocks, <laughs> you know, for me, it'd be it'd be Tesla. I mean, I wouldn't buy any of them, but if I had to, I'd buy Tesla. And, you know, and, and I think a lot of people would agree that's kind of the I mean, I hate to use the word best with a stock, but it's the best stock in the portfolio. And it's been going down, you know, and in a lot of the stuff that maybe you would question has has been going up so that sticks out to me and then if you look at some of these holdings you know as far as how much they own of the outstanding and i just pulled it up you've got beam you've got uh page duty crispr uh in therapeutics i mean they're like eight to nine percent of the outstanding shares in those and, you know, all sorts of bad things can happen when you own that much, you know, of a company. And, you know, especially when it's, you know, in the case of, uh, you know, CRISPR, where it's a big part of the portfolio as well. So just uh, before we let you go, I know Mitch has another question here. What, you know, what, what's your favorite indicator? What did, you know, we're, we're in a bear market here. What are you looking at? What's going to, you know, what would would turn you around as far as, you know, I see you look at the 50 day SMA S and P what would, what would get to, what would poke the bull as opposed to the bear in you? So I'd want to see all the indexes, you know, the S and P NASDAQ Dow Russell, I'd want to see them above their 200 day moving averages uh, before, you know, I'd be willing to say, all right, you know, th this is over. We're, we're on the next leg. And, you know, I, I, I think we got a ways to go, but, you know, as always, I would tell people be flexible, be ready for anything. All right. I'm going to go ahead and transition us away from Sark, but let's go ahead. Let's talk a little bit about some SPAC game. I know you're going to be talking a little bit later at a SPAC conference. So check that out, out guys, so you guys can get some more SPAC information. Um, but the what you know when we've talked about this because you've been on the SPAC attack when we were uh, talking about DSPC the DSPAC ETF and then also the short DSPAC ETF Sogu and so what I, I kind of you know mentioned here on Sogu that I, I want to thank you I missed out on the opportunity but I see it now and it's always about kind of having learning lessons um, but I you know and I've been public about this I've been stuck with the genie bag. And one thing that I think I made a mistake on there was when that really started turning around, I could I could see here, okay, SPACs were really starting to turn around, really getting hit, even ones that had good outlooks. And this really could have gave me an opportunity to kind of hedge that bet 
and making maybe some of the way on the downside back here by maybe using Sogu. And I look back at it. So I just want to tell you, thank you, Matthew, at least for putting this tool on out there for investors to have an opportunity to hedge a little bit, especially if they took a lot of these back bets. Yeah, no, you're welcome. And, and Sogu actually has done better than Sark from a performance standpoint this year. And, you know, and that's really because as, as crappy as you think the ARC portfolio is, the Sogu portfolio is worse. <laughs> you know, I think uh, like 12 of the names the last time I looked were trading under three. We only have one name trading above 10 and that's Lucid. I think uh, there was one day last week where like 22 of the 25 names went short sale restricted you know, it, in, in we've got a few in there trading under one. So it's um, it, it, it's some pretty bad stuff in there. Yeah, that is for sure. And um, it, it, yeah, it's been one of those things that uh, at least I say that uh, we had some opportunities on out there to kind of hedge our bets. So thank you for creating the Sogu and we'll, we'll continue watching. You know, I, I still believe in some of these, but. I wanted to tell you that, Matthew, thank you at least for giving us the tools to have both sides of the trade here well, and continuing to make money. Well, that's a good point you're making. I mean, a lot of these, you know, ETS that Matt has created here, you know, you, you give us both sides, which yeah. is right. nice. So even if you want to be, you know, double long, you know, on the TARC, you know, you, you can go double long, Kathy. So it's the bull side and the bear side. So obviously, you know, and then the trader can pick their what they want to do. So I know like Kathy Wood was, you know, talking about you, Matthew, like about a month ago on CNBC and saying, you know, that you're so confident to bet against, you know, our strategies. But I'm thinking, well, Kathy, do your research because he's got one that goes double long you as well. <laughs> yeah. So he's not making a call against you. He's just giving investors the opportunity to bet with you or bet against you. So, I mean, yeah, obviously, you're just, not just providing tools. There. That is just what it's providing all about. Tools, exactly. And, and I'll thank you for sure as a, as a retail trader out there looking for tools to learn how to better hedge our positions. And I think this is definitely one of those ways that I myself took a learning lesson. So thank you, Matthew. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and wrap on up here with Matthew Tuttle. So definitely Thanks, look Matt. into Tuttle Capital Management and their current strategies on out there. Also, check out the FOMO ETF. If you guys want to learn a little bit about that, maybe go to the website. You guys can go to TuttleCap.com to learn all this. And where else could they see you, Matthew? Uh, I know you're active on Twitter. I, well, I try to be. I see you on out there. So don't Thank say you, anything Matthew. negative about Bitcoin. It'd be okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right matthew hey. see you next time appreciate all it. all right thanks guys it looks like there's no fomo in fomo yeah you see that <laughs> you see that fomo <laughs> yeah. yeah we're gonna call it we're gonna need, call it is uh, there the inverse fomo yeah we're gonna have to <laughs> do the is. inverse fomo soon. i'm sure all, matthew's so already is. writing it down but uh we'll, we'll see what yeah. happens there some of these are thinner so you got to be careful if you're just trading some yes, of them you yes, know, haven't had yeah. as much success obviously as the sark and you know the the tark um but you know so you got to be careful when you're trading any of these vehicles but mm -hmm. i mean what these are they're trading vehicles you know and, exactly. and i i respect matthew that you know he creates both sides of it not just to say oh yeah we're just betting against kathy i mean he's got the other side too the double bets with kathy so and we're still waiting for that kramer inverse etf i don't know if he's gonna come out with that or not that'd be that'd be nice i, I know we kramer all ETF on that kramer, go with kramer you go against kramer but yeah, I, I Maybe had to give him a, a PMP ETF. Yeah, go with I mean, Dennis, go with Dennis and Joel and Mitch, or go <laughs> against Dennis, Joel and Mitch. Bull, the bull to double leverage the, Dennis Dick. They would be flipping so much though, because I flipped so many times. I don't think they'd be able to do it. Be long, short. Oh man, he's flipping again. They're, they're it's triple <laughs> trading D costs and commissions. You know what? Three D's. <laughs> 3D system, I'm sorry, we're going to have to take that back. You can no longer have 3Ds because there's only one triple D in my eyes, and that's Dennis Dick, baby. Let's is go. There, is there a PMP stock? Oh, I better get over to the exchange there and uh, do that. Uh, Dennis, what are you seeing out there? I mean, you know, one thing Chop. that, you know, on, on the, uh, on the, you know, on the pre-market, pre-pre-market show, you know, a lot of times you say, man, stuff isn't down enough or stuff is up too much. I'm, I'm seeing that, you know, the spy down about 1.95%. And I see a lot of stocks right there. Apple yeah. right there. I mean, so the R, even though we got some big action here, it looks like the ARBs are 
they're doing their job here. Yeah, they are. And yeah. I'm doing that job as well. I mean, this is, um, you know, sometimes you come in and you see the S&P down 1%. And you're like, well, there's not that many stocks down 1%. So then you're, you know, but once you get to like 853, there's enough traders doing they enough. Come in and- it starts bringing in. You know, at 7 a.m., you might see a little bit out to lunch. At 6 and 4 or 5 in the morning, you see lots out to lunch. But the simple reason is there's no markets on a lot of stocks. As you start to approach the open, it starts to get more in line. We're more in line here. Now, today, we're very in line. One other thing to consider, as the VIX goes up, and we're talking about a VIX 31 here right now, which is obviously on the rise, stock correlations all start to come together. So a stock is a stock is a stock. And just like we said, if it gets ugly enough, they hit all stocks. You know, even though, you know, you look at oil, USO was trading up earlier this morning. All the oil stocks getting hit because they're stocks. Now, USO has rolled over and went negative. But, you know, you logically think that there is definitely a high correlation between oil stocks and oil. But there's also correlation between the S&P and oil stocks. So sometimes you can see instances where oil can actually be going up and the oil stocks are still going down because they're stocks. So right now, it seems to be pretty much in line here. I think the herbs are doing a good job this morning. That's a huge lesson there, guys. I'll repeat that. Uh, correlation in these moments is going to be definitely an important thing to understand. Dennis giving some gold this morning like usual. Um, I do want to go ahead and give us the initial jobless claims. It doesn't look like we moved it too much, but initial jobless claims were for June 10, 229,000 versus the 215,000 estimate prior was 229,000. So pretty much just another same number reading there, but the estimate was off a little bit there. Um, and then we also got USA housing starts uh, for May at 1.549 million versus 1.7 million uh, estimated uh, prior was at 1.7. So m- less housing starts there, uh, kind of going back to Dennis's- That's common, man. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> low hanging fruit. Yeah. Who's starting to build a house right Who's now? Who's building the house right now? Don't the- call me. I'm the only idiot doing that. So <laughs> still going. I, I'm, I'm, still, I'm not I'm building, but I, I'm looking. I'm combing the ditches. I want to uh, see. I want to literally. That's where you might have to build it in the ditches. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just uh, I'm got a we see a question here and um i finally looked up the date uh for google and uh i'm seeing july 15th uh for when that split takes place so that's still yeah that's still a month away but i just look at the amazon pattern i mean look at that how that had did that come back uh, like to a t that was the way that they rallied into it and then that textbook that's the textbook split trade runs up into the split tops out day or day after the split and then just tanks and obviously market was a lot to do with that so it's mm-hmm. market effects. But I mean, that was just classic textbook run up into the split and sell off after the split. And the 100 support, I mean, Amazon is trading very well. Technically, I do have that small position. My wife's RSP um, in the long term account that I put back in there and she's slightly down in it. Um, I think we're averaging around. I bought it before the split, I think around 110. So 104. So again, what are you not down with? I mean, every single stock that I've bought here in the last you know six months, my long term account, I'm red in. It's, are you, if you're not reading it, you should sell it. <laughs> are, you tra- are you trading it more now uh, no. post-split? No, I'm trading so much in my regular account. I'm not, oh, am I trading Amazon in my uh, trading account? Yeah, uh, yeah. I liked it pre-split. It actually, I feel like it's so it's so thick now. It's like, I liked it when it was thinner. So, you know, I, I don't, and obviously now, you know, I have to, you know, if you're doing on commissions or whatever, you buy 100 shares. Now you got to buy a thousand share or two thousand shares, same amount. So your commissions are going to be higher too. I I don't like them after split. I like them pre-split. I'd, like, I'd rather trade like the two thousand dollar stock because Amazon was already liquid. Yeah. Uh, all right. We got uh, we got a few minutes here, Mitch. Is, did we uh, did we get to our our checklist or only uh, only a couple of them? Yeah, the only thing I will mention uh, there, we, we touched everything, but uh, I do want to mention after the bell, Adobe will be reporting. So keep that one on your radar. Um, we'll see how oh, that kind of moves. Um, tough day to I don't report, know, man. Yeah. yeah, tough day to report. I, I don't even know about this one, Adobe. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, this is also one of those brands I mean, whew, has been oh, around boy. for so long, but uh, that monthly chart. 
Don't call me on that monthly chart. I don't yeah. think it's expensive. What's the PE on Adobe? You have that, Mitch? Yeah, I'll throw you under the right bus quick. here. Mitch is I got fast you. I'll pull it up here though. while Joel gives us. I don't think it's effect. crazy anymore. I mean, this stock was six hundred ninety-nine dollars down to three hundred and sixty-seven, and I think the valuation it was always kind of a little bit higher, which is why I didn't go into it. But it's probably coming into reasonableness pretty soon. It's one I would put on my shopping list. I think. Yeah. Opening into the low of the move. I mean, that's it. Uh, 12,800 shares. So um, opening right there right now, low of the move, 6731. Uh, uh, just one comment here in the chat uh, from Afrim about, uh, you know, interest rate, you know, dividend paying stocks. And those utilities, man, they were, they were hanging out there. They were hanging out there and they finally came from them. I don't know if the inside knew day that yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, those. So, I mean, you got you got to be careful that they, they hiding out, hiding out, hiding out, and then get out. And uh, it took it took place in a couple days. So, uh, we'll see. Inside day yesterday, see if we can build a little bit of a base. I'm just looking at the uh, the XLU and the preferreds, Dennis. The same They're thing. starting to get and, hit too now. Yeah. Yep. Yep. This All stuff right. here makes no sense, man. It didn't make any sense. Everybody was hiding in it because it's a stock. Or I'm going to go in the defensive stocks. But you want to go and buy utility stock for a 4% dividend in a rate environment where you're going to get guaranteed money at 4 or 5%. You know, you can, you're going to be able to get that in another, you know, six weeks. We're going to hear about GICs in Canada, four and a half, five percent 5%. I mean, that's where we're going. The Ontario already said they're going to raise you know, rates or can't bank Canada. So they're going to raise rates, you know, in probably in the next three weeks to follow the Fed. So, I mean, we're talking 3.75 on a one year right now. It's not unreasonable to think we're going to eventually get 5% on, on government guaranteed money. Yeah. I mean, you want to be in the utility, you want to be in government guaranteed money. XLU dividend 3.05%. Not good enough. The growth isn't there. It's not cheap. I think every rally in XLU, and I've been bearish to the utilities for a long time. We know I've sold them. It took a long time to start selling off, but I think the party's just getting started. I think you could see the XLU eventually under 50. Oh, That's a bold call. Wow. I'm not joking. Wow. I think you've got to sell. Wow. Power outage, right. I would sell all rallies in the utilities. Kathy Wood, absolutely correct. She says there was a bubble in some of these staples and utility stocks and some of the value. Got that right. And she was right there. She was right there. There's a bubble in her stocks, but there was a bubble in those stocks too. So, I mean, did you see XLP too? I mean, it's starting to all come off here. Joe Proctor Gamble, which yeah. we talked about at 160 multiple times, saying, I think eventually this is going to look like yeah. Clorox. All of a sudden, you know, you start thinking, pre-G trained 27, 28 times earnings. I mean, yeah, mm -hmm. they have some pricing power. Yeah, people are still going to wipe their butt with their toilet paper and still going to, you know, <laughs> use their head and shoulders shampoo. But I mean, still. 27, 28 times earnings, you know, was trading out at the peak there, I think. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't sound cheap to me. 2.78% dividend. Doesn't sound that great to me when we're talking about 4, 5, 6% rates here now. All of a sudden, I think um, I, I think you got to sell all rallies in this consumer staples. And, you know, obviously oversold a little bit, Procter & Gamble. But a lot of people are thinking, oh, how can I go wrong? In a rising interest rate environment, the stuff does not work. So I just wanted to give the numbers there that you asked for on Adobe's PE forward looking is 27.54. Industry cheap. average though is 81.74. Just to give kind of reference to the industry, I think it's important always to look at that industry average. And you can see here, it's not as high as the industry average, but still I think uh, it needs a, a little bit more coming down, at least in my eyes, to seem a little bit more attractive. What do you think, Dennis, at that 27.5? On, on which Procter Gamble? On Adobe. Oh, Adobe. Adobe. Sorry, because Joe still has Procter Gamble chart up there. No stress. That was my <laughs> fault. I, I just wanted to bring this back. You asked for the numbers. I deliver. Yeah. I, I don't know what to say. I mean, who knows on these earnings reports? They're complete coin flips. You get good earnings from Kroger and they hit the stock anyways. Yeah. So it's hard to like say, okay, I'm going to buy it into this and we're going to be okay. I mean, if they miss, it's getting hammered. If they beat, it might not even go up that much. So what? there's not really a lot of incentive. There was an argument to be short every single stock last earnings into the report. And you probably would have mm -hmm. been making money because some of the ones that missed got killed and the ones that beat went up for a day or two and then eventually came back. Money was being made just being short every single stock in earnings. And this is obviously the tail end of the earnings season here. Now we're going to start going in earnings season when we get back in July. So we're at the very end of it. There wasn't any companies really reporting this week. But Adobe, I, it's a coin flip on what the earnings are. I mean, we did see a good response to the FedEx dividend raise. But 
I just can't see owning anything ahead of an earnings. Hey, I got to hop here. Uh, All right. Go before you hop, though, Joel, yes, I think sir. it's important for me to mention this. So Hertz asks, why don't we have ticker time anymore? Because it, it goes on. Joel just does it. So go ahead. And if you guys want to stick around with the ticker time, all you got to do is go on over to pre-market prep plus and Joel Alconin. That's exactly why he goes and says, deuces, guys. I got to get on out of here. I got Premarketprep.com. Joel's doing Check ticker time now. Free yeah. live. Live. Boom. Go check it out there, guys. Um, if you guys want to go ahead and run through some ticker time. Uh, Dennis, thank you like always going through it. Go ahead and battle, and we'll, we'll see you next time. Appreciate everything Mitch, you do. Mitch, great job us. today, buddy. Let's go. Okay, let's keep we'll it going. All right. Well, well, let's go ahead like always. And, yeah, I know. I know. Bean and rice. It's probably going to be beans and rice for Dennis and I for a little while there. Uh, I can't, can't blame him either. I, I, he's building a house. I'm over here renting a house and moving. Probably not the right time to do it, but uh, that's all you can do, right? So smash the thumbs on up if you guys appreciated today's show. Let's see if we can get to 600 likes or 800 likes. That's really where we should be at. 50% of you guys should be at least giving us the opinion whether you like the show or you don't like the show. And if you don't like the show, let us know why. Give us some feedback. We're always trying to improve pre-market prep. We're going to keep battling here on Benzinga to always make it better. Now we're going to get on over to live trading with Zunaid, Lord Ryan, and I. So if you guys want to go ahead and check out some live trading action, come on over there. And later today, of course, I got stock market movers. We'll still be getting into two expert opinions. Today we actually have a SPAC company that we'll be going into, but also be touching a great interview on the backside around 145. Stick around, guys. We got a lot on Benzinga. We're going to keep making things better, but you guys let us know also if you got some feedback to go ahead and do so. So smash the like button, and let's keep it going right here on Benzinga. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.